0: Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm.
1: Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership.
0: Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney.
1: I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Josh Calvino. Josh is a third-year medical student out of Rocky Vista University in Colorado. Prior to medical school, he worked in IT doing end-user support, computer repair, and network administration. He is also currently a second lieutenant in the U.S. Air Force and plans to pursue a career as an Air Force anesthesiologist upon graduation. Josh, welcome to Run With It. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great to have you. Yeah, Josh, we've
2: talked a couple times. I know Shuhan has been incredibly impressed with the work that you've done so far. It's a treat for us to see our podcast turn into a project like this. Very excited to hear more details about what that process has been like. I think up front, we need to acknowledge that we intended to have Xiuhan here. Shuhan was planning to be here, and he is unavailable at the moment, fighting COVID. He is an emergency medicine doctor at Massachusetts General Hospital, and he is very busy right now. So you'll have to parlay the information that you guys have talked about. And we will, I'm sure, talk a little bit about COVID at the end of the episode. But the primary content for the episode that we're focusing on is... An update to episode four. Our
1: very first update. Yeah, it's exciting.
2: Our very first update that we're doing. Yeah. This episode was released way back in August of 2019. I think it's August 29th of 2019. It feels like eons ago with everything that's gone on in the world since then. But you have managed to make a tremendous amount of progress on this idea. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with it. What was your introduction to Dr. Lingo?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like you said, Chris, I just want to take a minute. And I know Shuhan is bummed that he can't be here, but you know he's just happening to be on the front lines of fighting COVID and getting PPE for hospitals, uh, which is personal protective equipment. So I'm sure in the future, we can do something with him as well. Uh, yeah, just as far as it goes to taking over Dr. Lingo and how I got intertwined in all of this. So I had met Shuhan Kind of by chance, um, we have similar goals in mind. And the fact that Juan and I both kind of had our start in the tech background and found that we were not being fulfilled um, in the tech sphere alone and that we wanted something more. So here I am pursuing medical school and I was very drawn to digital medicine and digital health. I'm um, looking at ways that I could implement my tech background with medicine and through that process and through networking, I got introduced to to Shuhan and found out that we had a little bit of similar stories as to how we got initially into medicine. Where did you guys meet? Like, was it at a conference
1: with some sort of project or...
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So Shuhan and I have never actually met in person. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Love it. Yeah. We met through a mutual friend of mine who knew Ali, who works alongside Shuhan. And so we formed in our university, in our school, we started the first national digital health longitudinal track so that first year medical students can be introduced to digital health early on and continue through. And in doing that, a friend of mine, Cameron, was networking and he made this connection with Dr. Raja at Mass General Hospital. And then that kind of turned into us networking with Shuhan and doing research with Shuhan. And I started kind of going back and forth with Shuhan and learned about his entrepreneurial spirit and some of his endeavors. And so yeah, we started this open line of communication. And he said, Hey, well, why don't you check out the Run With It podcast that I did in August? And so this was around maybe in November, late October, somewhere in there. And so I went back and I listened to that podcast and I was like, this is this is perfect. Like this, this is a better idea than what I was originally <laughs> pursuing. So, so yeah, that's that's how I landed here.
1: Just a quick thing, maybe for listeners, and, and there may not have been any of this uh, involved, but from that experience, can you reflect on anything about the process of connecting with mentors? Uh, is it were there any essential ingredients to connecting with someone that could be a bit of a mentor that you can think of, whether intentional or not?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, finding someone with similar interests goes. A long, long way. So when Shuhan and I started talking, you know, there were a lot of things that just kind of we just clicked. And I think that's important to have in a mentor. And the other thing I'd say about mentorship is you cannot be afraid to approach somebody that is at a more advanced stage of life than you. And somebody who you look up to, you have to remember that they're also a human being um, despite any of their success. So I think it's important to remember the human side of things and ask them for advice and ask if they'd be willing to be a mentor because maybe they don't have time. I think it'd be helpful at this point to frame up
2: what Dr. Lingo is and just remind our listener what the platform is and talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done.
0: Absolutely. So Dr. Lingo, as mentioned in the previous podcast, was founded by Shu Han around the time he was in medical school that he just didn't end up having time to pursue. But so his initial idea behind it, which I have then expanded, was to develop a platform that we have a central database of medical jargon, abbreviations, acronyms, something that the layman or the patient, the medical student learning medical language, the nurse, what have you, just kind of a central location that you can go and get a simple definition for commonly used medical jargon. Our aim with it is to provide a basic below eighth grade, preferably below sixth grade definition of medical terminology so that people can understand the language of medicine, understand their disease processes, and so on. So that in itself is useful. Can you talk about some
2: of the applications that you would see uh, Dr. Lingo being inserted into? And, and I'll, I'll jump in with one while you're thinking that I remember from the episode. Shiuhan mentioned that oftentimes doctors will take these long notes on a patient and they, uh, for numerous reasons, they can't share them directly with the patient. So something like Dr. Lingo could be used in helping to translate that vast store of information that doctors have about you that would aid in troubleshooting, perhaps chronic problems or whatever you're experiencing, but they can't give it to you as is. Can you maybe explain that a little bit better than I did or talk more about other applications? Sure.
0: Yeah. So a lot of times between medical professionals and medical charting and things like that, um, sometimes there's just notes between providers and things like that. It's not really meant for public knowledge. It's just like, hey, can I get your advice on this? Or you know, chiming in, consulting different specialists to try and get the best answer for the patient. But definitely, like you're saying, one of our hopes, one of the applications of Dr. Lingo would be to go through a patient's medical record, a patient's medical database, and give them a better understanding of their disease process. So, you know, instead of reading that the patient's having dysphagia, they're reading, I'm having difficulty swallowing. So it kind of bridges that gap, which is one of our main goals, because oftentimes, we are not trained, and I can say this, I am in medical school, we are not always trained to best relate to our patient to meet them at their level in regards to communication. So our biggest hope with this, or at least my biggest hope is to change that gap in communication to change the way that doctors speak and the way that they think about interacting with Their patients. So, again, in that dysphagia example, like don't tell your patient that they have dysphagia, tell them that they have difficulty swallowing. And that's what we're evaluating. So, that's one of the big applications. And I can expand more if you'd like me to tell you about more of the application. I think it'd be useful to hear maybe another application idea. Sure. So, another application, and we can talk about this in the realm of COVID if you'd like. Sure. So, Another thing that we've really been working on uh, through this translation type service is the ability to take our database and apply it to outside sources. So to apply it to other websites, I'm using something called an API, which is an application program interface or programming interface, which basically means we can make the website talk to our database and it'll pull and it'll look through and sort and look at the medical language. So right now, That's kind of been our biggest driving force is what language is surrounding COVID? Like, what do the patients need to know about coronavirus? And what does it mean to have bilateral patchy pneumonia? What does that mean? So finding those definitions and then taking them and being able to do something like, I don't know, you can kind of think of it as like a Google Chrome plugin or some kind of browser plugin that while patients are reading medical literature on their own and sorting through news articles and things like that, when they're reading words like pneumonia and shortness of breath and dyspnea, which is shortness of breath, they can have kind of provided little brief definition of what this means so that they can better educate themselves. So our whole premise here is education on medical language. Awesome.
2: So, what's it been like working with Shuhan? What are some of the things that you have accomplished together? And how have you advanced this project since we talked about it on Run With It?
0: Yeah, it's been awesome working with Shuhan. He's a great guy. Like I said, we've never actually met in person, but we've talked quite frequently over video chat and over Slack. He's been an incredible resource for me because, you know, he's done so much of this already. Like he knows what it's like to. Kinda of be at the bottom of the totem pole and work your way up, so you know i I can easily approach him about questions regarding business and questions regarding web design and things of that nature, and he's also opened up a lot of his personal resources to me, like other members of his whole team at Conduct Science, and so I've been able to get help with the networking side of things with some of the marketing things. A lot of it, I have invested my own time to learning that because I'm interested and I, I want to see this succeed. but it is nice having kind of a small army Juhon, small army to consult when when needed.
1: And that's a great point about access to the network that he has, you know, and I think that there's probably a common pattern where people are trying to get into business, trying to get into new projects and they're doing a lot of work on their own. Maybe they're reading books, maybe they're taking some courses and they're going, why am I not making some progress here? And that is one ingredient that I think can go a long way is getting into the right network, you know, where it's not about nepotism or any of the negatives that people associate with having a network. It's about you get answers more quickly. You know, someone says, Oh, You're having a problem with your marketing? Oh, talk to him. You know, oh, you're having a problem with this? Oh, go talk to them. And, you know, instead of going at it all alone, everybody can reinforce each other. And then I'm sure you're probably a piece in that puzzle for other people too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, part of the way that I see it too is, you know, he's opened up a lot of his network to me. Well, let me take my network of people as well and bring it into the mix. So, like, I brought a web developer with me, who is working on a lot of the back end, like technical side of things, like I was talking about that API that has been crucial to our operations. So trying to find ways to synergistically give back to the network so that it benefits everyone. That's great.
1: One question I think that Chris and I are both pondering over is that you guys are both in medicine, you're both doctors. How in the heck are you having any time for any of this? (laughs) Yeah. And that's more for, you know, maybe there's other doctors out there, medical people are thinking of getting into this. What's the approach? What would you advise for other people on on making time for it?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I feel like I often ask myself, how do I make time for this? But I think, yeah, it's difficult, right? Because, um, you know, not, not only am I a medical student, but I have an 11 month old at home. I, I have a wife who, as a nurse and she works night shifts. So I have the babies or the baby at night. So, you know, how do how do you fit this in here? I don't have a straightforward answer to that question. I mean, it really depends. It's dividing my time, it's prioritizing, you know, the current rotation that I'm on with, you know, how much time do I have to devote to Dr. Lingo? I keep a running list of tasks that I want to. Get done for Dr. Lingo, whether that be the development side, the marketing side, the research side. And I just kind of try and chip away at it as I can. You know, I sacrifice sleep every now and then. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that to everyone, but I totally think that this is doable, right? Like, I mean, I'm at a very kind of weird transient stage in my life that I don't necessarily know what's next, but I've been able to to make the time. Sometimes, unfortunately, it does involve like the occasional sacrifice of maybe a social outing or something like that. I'm okay with that because I see the big picture. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And, and I feel like the passion alone like goes so far in, in making the time for this. Almost all of the time, I would rather be working on this stuff than studying for an exam. Um, but I understand the importance of that, right? Like I am studying to become a physician. I need to have that background knowledge, but that doesn't mean I can't do both. I just have to be smart about how I approach this. And same thing goes for Shuhan on the days that, and and I don't want to overstep and speak for him, but from what I've noticed about him, the way he does things is, you know, the days that he is on and, and working as an emergency doc. That's what it like. He is full time an emergency doc at that point. When I am on a rotation, I am full time a medical student. I am full time providing patient care. But on the off time, that's up to me to figure out how to separate my time. I'd like to hear a little bit more
2: about the potential upside for you because that's what <laughs> the, the crux of the answer comes down to. Is right? Is motivation? It's you feel passionate about this. This is an interesting point in the project because it's. It's not clear to me, at least, how you guys are planning to turn this into a a lucrative business or or even monetize it as a next step. I know Shuhan had mentioned some uh, partnerships that were early in the works there, but is this mostly a mentorship benefit for you? Is it you doing the work for its own sake? Is there a potential for you to financially earn a good bit through this? What's driving you to do this work?
0: Yeah. Great question, so there are so many upsides to doing this, and I apologize if maybe that didn't come out clearly in the in the last question for one, it's a personal drive to kind of i don't know just do my little part of making the world a better place for using cliches, but really it is like I wish I would have had these resources during my first and second year of medical school and even my third year of medical school if if I would have been able to look up like While I was on my surgery rotation, like, hey, what is this surgical instrument? What is uh, this procedure mean? There's a ton of personal benefit from that. So, as far as the medical and education side, you know that that's where my heart lies because that's where I'm at right now, and I want to kind of pave the way for future medical students to have another resource. As far as personal, like, incentive for myself for Shuhan, the mentorship. Is a big part of it, and you know I do hope to spin off like projects with him and and do more research. But I do see this growing beyond that. So Shuan and I have actually been in kind of constant conversation about you know how do we go about this? Do we go the private route or do we go the nonprofit route? And and ultimately where we've where we've landed is uh, going the nonprofit route for Doctor Lingo. So that does not shut out the possibility of financial incentive for us. But rather, it gives us the opportunity to do what we're passionate about, which is research and education and furthering that so we can keep doing that. But now we have the availability of continuing that and looking for uh, research grants and things like that to fund what we're doing to further the development and to help provide a little money in our pockets for the work that we're doing.
1: Yeah, word on non for profits. It's interesting that you might be going that that route. I'm, I've got a friend who started a non for profit. Um, she used to work for Google, and we've had a few conversations. And she she has made a point that you know working for a non profit does not mean you as the person working for that non profit are not going to have a profitable life. One specific thing that she relayed to me is that I believe it's. Money that you take in in donations, just pure on donations, then that definitely needs to be treated a special way, and you can't use it to pay yourself or you can't use it to pay yourself to a certain degree as, as someone who founded the business or is controlling it. But there is a potential like if you have any sort of income that's actually generated from sales or anything like that, those funds are much less limited in my as far as my understanding goes in terms of non for profits and there's a few great examples of people doing quite well running not for profit organizations.
0: Yeah, no, and and that's kind of that's why we were in the limbo back and forth, but we ultimately think that this will be the best route for Dr. Lingo because like you said not for profit doesn't mean there's no financial incentive for the business creator, the business management side of things. What it means is any profit that's brought in has to be spent during that year for business. So that means spending some money on future development and using some of that money to fund things for ourselves like conferences and flights. And, you know, like there are a ton of business expenses that can be kind of in the realm of the not-for-profit route. So exactly like you said, Ethan, that it, it does not close the door for income potential.
1: That's good. Yeah. The place I would take us next, because I know, I think we've talked to you a little bit outside of this, Josh, about your exposure to the idea of being a doctor and being an entrepreneur before. Are there any examples that you've seen or, you know, people doing this successfully outside of Shuhan or resources that were powerful for you in even knowing that this was a possibility?
0: Yeah, so definitely. There's actually a whole association of physician entrepreneurs. There are a bunch of physicians that pursue this route, like there's podcasts directed specifically at, at this, right? There's White Coat Investor, there's Doctors Unbound, which are podcasts I enjoy listening to because it's talking about how can you both pursue your passions for medicine and pursue your passions for entrepreneurialism. So I by no means, Shu Han by no means is the first to do this as a lot of physicians are doing this. And I honestly think it's the best to practice medicine if you're interested in something outside of just Medicine, or if you want to bring medicine to the masses, so a lot of the physicians that I look up to that do this, um, I'll just give you uh, one example. I don't know if he would want me to throw out his name, so I'm just going to keep his name anonymous. A physician that that I know here in Colorado is a he was an emergency medicine physician for a long time, and then he decided he wanted to transition into into more of a private sector and he took up doing telemedicine, which is blowing up right now. But at the time, it it wasn't like he's pioneering this new initiative to say like, you know, hey, do we really need to have direct physician visits? Or can we can we do a lot of this remotely? And so he has been an incredible resource as this whole outbreak has come into play, because he's been doing this for longer than most other physicians, this telemedicine route. And like, yeah, maybe at first he didn't see like the long game from this, but now everybody's looking for him for advice. The state of Colorado is coming to him and saying, Hey, can you help us design a protocol? So that when people call in, we kind of have this criteria that we have to go through this questionnaire of, do you have these symptoms? Do you have these symptoms? Okay, cool. Yes, you move on to the next phase, which is talking to a telemedicine doctor. And let's try and limit the amount of exposure in the hospitals, in the emergency rooms. And we have that as a triaging tool. So he's kind of a big example for me, but I, I, I have others as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. It just makes me think of how I think people forget that one of the roles of an entrepreneur is to kind of create the future, right? And create the future you imagine, create the future that seems like it makes sense. I think that's a really good example of a place where, you know, you almost without even realizing it, foresaw certain scenarios where this would be very powerful. And, or at least the fact that telemedicine would start to make more sense to people as it became available and, right. And, uh, like, regulated in the appropriate way.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think that point's really interesting. You think, especially uh, in medicine and in education in general, I believe that it kind of, it makes it difficult to pursue an entrepreneurial path because you've learned to follow this rubric for how you're going to succeed. And entrepreneurship is not like that. You have to, to carve your own path. You have to, uh, to do some things that may not seem like they're going to have any immediate payoff, like you updating phrases on Dr. Lingo, right? So it's interesting to me when doctors especially do this. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the qualities of doctor entrepreneurs that you see? What tips someone... Into being an entrepreneur, you can focus specifically on doctors if you like.
0: Yeah, um, just kind of to backtrack a little bit what you said. I think one of the things that drives a physician towards entrepreneurship is thinking non-linearly. We all go through the same training, the same like cookie cutter like you know. We do the same exams. We do the same like, but medical schools aren't teaching the outside stuff like. they're not teaching us about digital medicine and the technology booms and how we can combine these things because they don't know how these are new fields these are new things that haven't been touched before it's the no fault of their own that's where the entrepreneurial side comes into play is somebody like me or somebody like shuhan looking and realizing that hey there is outside need is this huge huge technology boom right now how is a computer programmers supposed to build a efficient medical website or an engineer supposed to build a medical device if they don't have a physician to guide them part of that is you know it, it depends what specialty you're going to pursue and all of that and where your passions lie but yeah i I, I don't know I, I just kind of keep going back to that you have to think nonlinear like you have to go like beyond the confounds of what your education system what your hospital's Teaching you, you have to be interested in something else, and so you know having my IT background prior to medical school was huge in driving this because it was like, well, wait, like there are so many simple things that we could do, like you know, why don't doctors know how to properly use their computers? What's wrong with the system? Like finding problems that haven't been fixed and and searching for answers to do that that no one else has done. Yeah, I think that's a so those questions are really
2: interesting because oftentimes people will ask those questions and they'll, they'll say, someone should take care of that or someone should fix that, right? Or it shouldn't be like this. So people are trained. People already notice things like that. But for some reason, you and other other people like you, Shuhan, will go that next step and will start exploring what you can do. And one of the goals of the podcast is to get more listeners <laughs> to uh, follow suit, right? So what kind of advice would you have to someone you mentioned thinking non-linearly, if they hear an idea on this podcast and they want to run with
0: it, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, just do it. Like, be be brave. Like, understand that you are going to be putting work into something. But if something on here on your podcast catches your attention, the people that come on this podcast are here to for listeners like me to take their ideas and run with it. So don't be afraid to approach them they wouldn't be on this podcast if if they weren't genuinely interested in having people explore their ideas further and take them to that next step and even if you don't have a complete understanding of the business side of things like that's okay that stuff comes along that stuff takes time but even if there's just one little aspect of one of these projects listed on run with it that you think hey i could make a little bit of a difference or like, hey, I kind of know how to do that. Bring that up, bring that to the presenter and see what they can do. Even if it means that you're just partially involved in that project, like you have no idea where these things can lead. You know, I say this a lot to, to some of the first year med students that, that I help mentor in the digital health track, but like people recognize hard work it doesn't necessarily... It, you don't necessarily have to be an expert on something. But if you take something and you work so diligently, you pour your blood, sweat and tears into it, they're going to see that. And even if that initial project that you were seeking, like maybe it's not the best fit for you, they're going to put you in contact with somebody that they think you know is the best fit for you or find a different project that you're more passionate about or something like that. So yeah, I I would say just don't be afraid to network. And when you go at something, make the time to give it your all. Be passionate about what you're pursuing. See the long-term goals, make new long-term goals and take it from there.
1: I think it was a good point to bring back from what you said. Even if a listener just resonates with one of our guests, like you did with Shuhan, like, oh wow, we've got a lot in common. You know, I bet you we'd have a lot to talk about. That sounds like it's such a foundational aspect of what's going on there. And the collateral benefits, like you said, it's not just the business. It's the mentorship. It's the connections. It's the all the new things you can learn and and basically the exponential power that you can get out of just one business idea, one relationship.
0: Right. And you know, like I had mentioned earlier, I think it's great to find somebody who is at a different place in life or a place that you hope to someday achieve, because they've already gone through all those building blocks, they've already gone through all the hardships, they've gone through the same trainings as you like, they understand completely. And so to be able to look at them and look at their successes, there's an empathy component to it. And I mean, why why would you not want to Find somebody who is further ahead of you and get their advice on how to how to get there. One
2: thing I wanted to add to uh, to your impassioned plea for our listener <laughs> to uh, to follow through here: it's okay to try out one of these ideas. Maybe just take one step and see see how it feels. Right, you can start with small steps and see if you like it. You don't have to to follow through on this entire big picture plan or build it up in your mind as. Is I need to replace the lingo in in the medical program in order for me to try one of the action steps that
0: we've listed in the Doctor Lingo episode, right? Yeah, I, I mean exactly. If I if I would have pursued this and felt like it's just this isn't for me, I would have kind of pat myself on the back for trying it. But I, I really think I still would have been rewarded for trying it. I learned something new. I made a new connection and. I think that still would have gone a long way, regardless of if I hadn't taken over this project completely. I, I still think just even that little bit of pursuit would have would have gone so far. A special word for the doctors
1: out there too that I was realizing as you were talking earlier. I mean, the medical system starting a business in the medical system is it is a bit daunting. And that's part of the reason that there's not as many as there are. But if you are a physician, if you work at a hospital, if you see patients regularly, if you know the lingo, if you know what's going on, oh my gosh, it's that much more powerful, right? Because you can cut through half that red tape just by the fact that that you know what's going on. And maybe it's just a matter of partnering with a, you know, a technical co-founder or something like that. But yeah, you have such an enormous leg up in what's already a difficult space to get into. And you know you've got a moat now around the business that you've created. It's it's harder for other people to access it because you have that specialized information. So doctors out there, we're calling you out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a number of guests who I can think of would complement a uh, doctor's skill set. One that we had talked about earlier would be David Hauser with Building Software episode, and David Cristello also talked about. We were focusing on dentists in that episode, but there's definitely potential there. So uh, we're coming up on time here, Josh. Anything else that you guys wanted to
0: add before we wrap up? Um, I think just to add to that last point, like you said, you don't necessarily have to take on a full business venture yourself. There's plenty of opportunities that if doctors were interested in some side gigs or being part of you know, a digital health movement, that there's plenty of opportunity to connect with. Business owners that are already doing things on their own and they just need the medical advice. And you can be that person to provide it for them. You can offer them guidance. You can review their products. You can, you know, help them develop new devices. There's so much potential that I think maybe as medical professionals, we get overwhelmed in the medical work and don't realize that, well, it's still just medical (laughs) work that. That we're doing. It's just in a different space. Yeah. I would encourage medical students, physicians, nurses, everybody should try and be part of something because these networking opportunities is what, what helps us advance. It's what helps us in these times of COVID outbreaks to, to get to the next step because, you know, it's not just the medical professional that has the answer. It's the conglomerate of. Business owners and engineers and scientists and artists. And, you know, we're, we're all part of the answer to these bigger systems. I, I would encourage all listeners to find anything to pursue. Awesome.
2: Well, thank you, Josh, so much for your time here, for sharing your update, for the work that you're doing and helping to advance Dr. Lingo. It's a pleasure catching up with you after that initial conversation that we had with Shuhan and, and with you a couple of months back. If you're listening and you're on board with what Josh has shared, with what we continually share, that starting a business is accessible, that you don't need to have a brilliant idea. We're giving you the idea that you can use to start a business. Listen to another episode and pick out an idea that you like and and take some action. As Josh said, you don't need to fully commit to it to find out if you like it. Take some action. Let us know what you did. Email us at update at runwithit.fm. Tell us about what you've done with any other business, and tell us about what you think about this episode. We'd love to hear from you, Josh. Thank you so much for your time, and looking forward to continuing the conversation later on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one last thing is, if anybody does want to reach out to me directly um, to see, you know, what what that looks like, I'm I'm happy to have personal conversations as well. Awesome, thank
2: you. We'll include your contact information in the show notes. That does remind me, Han explicitly asked that we plug his. Uh, the project that he's working on right now, it's getusppe.org. There's a huge shortage of PPE across the medical system worldwide, and that makes a tremendous difference in doctors and nurses' ability to treat people who are suffering from COVID in a way such that they don't themselves get infected and reduce the number of medical staff out there. So visit getusppe.org and that would be a, a tremendous help.
1: Yeah, I've just uh, another addition on that. I've been reviewing the the website and and also trying to help out with that project. It's uh, they're connecting, you know, the people who have the PPE with the people who need the PPE. But it's it's way beyond that. It's there's connecting makers, you know, who are going to use their 3D printers to help put things together, makeshift things, just to make the whole system work. So, if you have any inclination or interest in helping out, this is a big fulcrum to help out at this particular moment in in the struggle
2: great so thank you for tuning in everyone this has been a pleasure with you josh and we'll talk to you later on
1: Now it's time for you to run with it, follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the run with it community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like subscribe and review us online. And remember the secret of getting ahead is getting started.